Welcome back, everyone. Here we are with the beautiful Hala Citron, and we're going to be talking about how creativity is really found within. So welcome, Hollis. I'm so excited. Thank you, Bridget. Happy to be here. Yay. I love to share the backstory of how we connected. And we met in the amazing multi-author book, Awakening, which amazing. I know, right? It's so many incredible people and it's just yeah wonderful space yeah and it just so happens we're both from new jersey so we kind of have like you know a little bit of that big world small world um happening for us too yeah yeah exactly i just have to say i have to look at you i can't look at the camera thing. so guys if it looks weird i have to look at her when i'm talking so <laughs> i'm just being honest <laughs> it's a good thing to uh, um to note because a lot of people are like where should i look and i'm like i don't know i look at the screen i want to look at you i don't look at the camera <laughs> no i'm not looking at the camera so go ahead i didn't mean to interrupt <laughs> no we're good um I i'm excited to talk about this today with you I was able to go on your podcast, which was just an amazing conversation about what creativity means to me, a little bit about my journey. And I'd love to start with just that, you know, what does creativity mean to you? So I loved having you on my podcast. Okay. Um, creativity means to me, it means expression and it means freedom of expression. And I think to sum it up, I think that's what it is. Um, yeah, I think that People have so many ideas of what creativity means. And I think it has this traditional quote unquote artist um, where you have to paint or draw. And that's my biggest thing where creativity goes beyond a pencil and a paintbrush. Creativity is in all forms. And I truly want to scream it from the mountaintops and just be like, it is in everybody. Because I feel like people limit themselves by not thinking that they're creative. And it's so important because it's it's really who you are. It's really who you are because it's your expression and it's not a little thing. People think that it's cute, like oh that's so or or in awe of this painting, you know, going back to that. But I, I've come up with this and it came through in a meditation where it said creativity is not cute; it's necessary. Mm -hmm. So I think it's just humanizing to think of it that way, that it doesn't have to be something up on a pedestal. It doesn't have to be this thing that you're working towards and working towards. Yeah, you are working to get better at, at your craft, whether that's sitting around a boardroom table or working in a kitchen or writing or whatever that is or using your voice. Um, you're working on your craft, but I think you have to acknowledge and Acknowledge your talents. How did you come to that definition? Because I feel like what we are told is that it is about the artist. It is about being the painter or the writer. So did you have to peel back some of your own layers to come to that that definition? I think I did. I think it's kind of like a multi-layer answer. I think I did. But I think in short, it kind of boils down to experiences, experiences that I had. Um, I never thought of myself as the... Of, of the artist. Um, I took art classes in high school. I did things that I guess were artistic. Um, but I never thought of myself that way. Uh, but I always had this different way of thinking. I always had like, my friend would ask me if I liked a movie. I'm like, I don't know what to think about it. And two days later I'd say, I liked it. And she's like, what are you talking about? I'm like, 
<laughs> I'm like the movie. She's like, you're so weird. Like, <laughs> but it was like always kind of like this different bend, this different slant on things. So then fast forward to all of a sudden going to art school, didn't know that was going to happen. And my guidance counselor told me, <laughs> you're not, your grades aren't good enough. You're never going to get in. You're not good enough at that. I'm like, you're really good at your job. <laughs> Go guidance counselor. <laughs> that was a pep talk. Hmm. So I got into art school, uh, ended up teaching art. Didn't know I was going to do that. Just kind of stumbled on it. Um, and I think I was always for the underdog. I mm -hmm. think I was always for the art teacher for the people that had the talent, but I was really the person cheering on the people who didn't think they could. <sighs> so, yeah, yeah. So that's kind of like my mission is to cheer on the people who don't think that they can. And I learned to expand that after being in the art room for 30 years, whether that was in traditional or non-traditional settings, I've expanded my mission to kind of be within everything. And I found myself actually always saying creativity is within everything that you do. I've been mm -hmm. saying it for years, but I didn't really internalize and, and birth. I am creative until two years ago where I realized that was the true mission. I didn't know about your whole kind of underdog story. And I love that. I think I, um, I think it was my friend Tom who I had on the podcast as well. And we talked about his journey in school um, and how when we're told one thing in school, it almost carves out our path. And I think you and I also talked about this too. Yeah. And that is very limiting for so many people. So it's beautiful to see that you go into everything that you do. Like I'm here for everyone, the underdogs too, especially. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. But I think it's really with like actually in talking about it, it's with the, the mission just to uplift and to realize what, for people to get in touch with, what are you good at? Like, what do you even like? Even if it's one thing, I think school is a very limiting space. I've taught in schools for a long time and I, I'm not putting schools down. Like I respect the space and I, but I do think that's where I've done so many workshops with adults where I'll say, how many people have been told that they did something wrong? <laughs> how many people were told that they didn't draw something well? How many people created a clay piece and something happened to it? And this one guy was so angry. He said, in middle school, I took a ceramic class and every one of my pieces blew up, but nobody else's did. And I think that that teacher specifically, like he thought that the teacher had it out for him. Like, he really, as an adult, went through that. And he was really coming at it with a lot of like anger. So I was like, you know what? I'm glad you're in the space. Let's give it a try. And let's see what happens. And I was praying. I was like putting my my all the energy I could that his piece wouldn't blow up. <laughs> because when you put it in the kiln, you never know what's going to happen. It's out of your control. There could be air bubbles. There could be, you just don't know. So I was just like, please, God. <laughs> don't have any piece did not blow up. I was like, yes. <laughs> oh, wow. Well, I, it's so interesting that you say you've asked a bunch of people like, what do you like or what are you good at? And most people are like, I don't know. Where should people even start? Like, what would your advice be for someone who is asked or someone asked them that question and they're like, geez, I have no idea. You kind of do. You do know. But even if you pick one thing, and it doesn't have to be complicated, 
Like if you're a meditator, like ask yourself the question and kind of go into a meditation. And that first thing that comes to you, go with that. If you're not sure, you know, like you're like, how else I don't meditate? Go for a walk. Like go do something. And oh, I actually like to kind of, I really like chocolate chip cookies. And huh, I'm going to go make some chocolate chip cookies. Um, oh, I really want to just feel like throwing something. And I don't know, like maybe you could just go out and like play sports, you know, grab something and just throw it. Like it can be movement. It can be using your voice. It can be writing something. If you're, if you're like, you know what? I don't know. I feel like I kind of want to write something, but I'm not really good at it. Then just write. I, I'm not good at writing. I suck. I'm not. But then as you go, then you're just going to all of a sudden, it's going to, you have to get through the block in order to get to the other side. Hmm. So just do something um, is, is what I would say. And then you either learn, oh, I really didn't like that or, oh, I really, I did like that. That was fun. And once you kind of open it up, then the other things will start. It's like a domino effect. Yeah. And I appreciate what you say about like movement too, because so many times people think they need to like think and figure it out. That's not how it happens. It happens with like momentum and movement towards anything, anything. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, honestly, like before I, and excuse my face gets, it gets red when I get excited about things and also I get hot flashes. <laughs> so <laughs> I never know what it's going to be, but, but, um, i I've actually done more dance and movement before I have a podcast. I didn't do it for this particular one, but I need to kind of just like listen to something that raises my vibration yep. and gets my body moving and it just feels good. And then I can be in that space where I'm like, okay, I'm good. Yeah. Hmm. Couldn't agree more. Now I'm curious for you and I ask this question to everyone. How does your work in the world empower people to be the leader of their life? I think it gives people connection to themselves, which when they feel connected to themselves, they can then connect to others. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like it's empowering because they realize that they're good at something and they have a place and a purpose. And I feel like it gives them a voice. It gives them a voice, whether it's a physical voice to be able to talk about it or a voice to express outwardly in whatever way that that is. That's so beautiful that you say it gives them a voice. And you're right, it's so beyond our physical voice. It is so beyond that. And I've never, I've never thought about that before, but you are so right. It gives us such a deep sense of self. And when we understand ourselves, we're able to navigate life, I think, a lot more, maybe not easy, but with ease and grace, at least infused into it. Because it's not always a pretty, it's not always pretty. Mm -mm. Because we have to, a lot of times we go avoiding ourselves. And that's why we cater to other people. It's like we have all these roles and then it's kind of like, I can say being, you know, being a parent, it's like put, you know, so many times we put our kids first and what are we going to do and how can I help you and how can I solve your problem and how can I do this? But I've learned through that, that when I'm avoiding this <laughs> and getting caught up in all of that, it doesn't do anybody any good. Mm -mm. 
because I have to know who I am. And I've had my kids say to me, like I had my daughter say to me, she's like, do you realize I look to you for like as a role model? And if you're talking poorly about yourself or doing this, and I'm just like, oh my God. <laughs> Darn you, yeah, okay. That's a little wake up. She's onto something. <laughs> she's done that at like 14. She's like, do you realize? Wow. I'm like, okay, thank you. Thank wow. you. <laughs> a role reversal. Yeah, right. So in your work now, who are most of the people that you, you work with? Is it people who want to be more creative? Like how would they even describe themselves when they come into your space? A lot of people that I've been working with right now are organizations hmm. that have um, for kids in foster care with challenges and it is giving them a voice. Um, people with um, special needs, um, people with um, wanting recently, I had somebody, uh, they didn't want to just go to the Target and buy Christmas gifts. They wanted to like give a gift from the heart of an experience. Um, and then individuals that come to me are people that are just are like, I want to use one of your kits. I want to be able to ex have an experience um, and explore. Mm. So a lot of them didn't think of them. They're not the, like, you know, we've been talking about, they're not the traditional artists. They're somebody that is looking for an experience in um, not, a, uh, not a difficult way. Like, okay, you're creating this tree and it has to look exactly like this. It's like, okay, here are my supplies. Here's the, you know, here are instructions if I want to follow them and let's see what I can do. It's not as daunting. Yeah. And also what you're saying kind of reminds me of like what I believe in so strongly, which is like personal sovereignty and self-initiation. And it's not that you're saying you must do it this way. It's like, here's the frame or here's like the box. Like you are not, not even a box. Let's not even call it that. Um, here's something. And then you have your own experience of this something. Exactly. Exactly. It's giving people the permission to explore. And instead of some people are very uncomfortable with, well, but isn't it supposed to look like this? Hmm. And how do I use this? And how do I, and I'm happy to show you the how, like that's I'm happy to show you that. But I want you to be able to explore and make discoveries because that's where the fun is. I mean, when I was in the classroom, that's where you could get a lot of the kids. I mean, what I learned so much. At one point I was wondering about leaving the classroom and I didn't know if it was time. And somebody said to me, you need to be in this space because you're never going to have anybody that's as difficult. And it's true. And there's so much learning that you need to do. And what I really learned to do is try, always working on it, but to be a good listener. A listener and observer and find where their interests were and to meet them where they were. So if I have, if I gave an assignment, which not everybody's gonna love, um, but there'd be a lot of flexibility within the space. So if somebody was like, well, I'm a sports person, like I'm not gonna do this, there's no reason for me to do this. I'm like, okay, but how about if we relate it to sports? Hmm. Why don't you pick your favorite player? 
what's what's the number of your favorite player on the jersey? What colors your what are the colors of your favorite team? And then all of a sudden their ears perk up and they're like, oh, I could do that. I can't think you can do that. It's taking something and putting it within a context that makes sense to you. Hmm. I just lost my train of thought, but I was gonna say something along the lines of this is also about just allowing us to drop the the label of what creativity is because someone who plays sports you know they're an athlete they're thinking creativity is about being an artist about being really good at ceramics and what you basically provide is an experience for them to relate to it in their own way whatever that is because i would say like in you saying somebody's in for sports that's incredibly creative right all the teamwork all the problem solving all of the, that's mathematical. I mean, that's geometry. Like figuring out the angles and the shots and the, um, so much communication, so much interpersonal skills. I mean, that's a creativity in itself to be an athlete. Yeah. All of the strength training, all of the, you know, you have to be structured in order to be able to get your body in a certain tone and, and mindset in order to be able to do what you're putting out there that makes any sense but i think it's like a package thing no it does and as you're saying this i'm just like curious where do you think society got this idea that creativity has to look one way like how did that happen where it has been so put into a box i'm not even sure i think it's been like this hierarchy of you know sotheby's auction painting sells for it's like this price tag of this painting sold for five million dollars and this painting it's like this you have to have this special skill in order to attain it when you know thinking about it, i guess royalty got painted and you know there was the there was the the painter who you know painted the royalty and it was their special which actually in thinking about it that's somebody's job and that's somebody's talent um so i actually wiped that away uh, <laughs> raise that never mind, <laughs> never mind. <laughs> but i think it's really about this price tag honestly and yeah hmm. but then i think that people separate their skills since so much of it has been since you know when so many people think of the whole drawing and painting thing it's an immediate thing to be able to say well i can't be a, re a realistic drawer I even think about that for myself. Like I consider myself very, very creative. Um, like I could take an old piece of furniture and like figure out how to make it look really cute in my space or doodle everything. But when it came to like realistic drawing, I wouldn't be interested. It, it wouldn't be, be my thing. So I guess also this is just really about the permission again to say, it's okay for you to be creative in any way that it looks for you. There's no right way. There's no wrong way. And it's not taking away from the people that can do those things. Mm -hmm. That's that's great. But I think the core of it is joy and happiness. Mm. It's just joy and happiness. So if you're sitting there and you're not giving yourself permission to, it's like you said, you can like basically interior design a space. Like you're designing a space that's incredibly creative. And if you feel good when you're in it, when a person is sitting around a boardroom table and they're talking about solutions and they're using their voice and and collaborating and and forming whatever they're forming they're taking an idea and they're making it real and they feel good about it they're excited about it and it's bringing them joy and happiness 
it's just that simple. It can be that simple and it can be that complicated. So where can people start to implement creativity in their own lives? And, and what are some of the ways that you specifically help people in this direction? So I think people can start doing it by literally taking time for themselves. Hmm. People say, we're busy, we're busy, we're busy. Take 10 minutes. We all have 10 minutes. Like literally, you have 10 minutes. So 10 minutes, and if you're not sure what it is, just get outside. If you can, just get outside and walk. Just breathe some air, meditate, take a bath. Like do something to kind of get out of your head hmm. and all of these rules. So I would say... That's a starting point. And then once you start doing things, you're going to find, oh, that made me happy. I enjoyed that. So then you just do a little bit more, a little bit more, and you start incorporating stuff into your life. And then, you know, like serendipity, then all of a sudden you start gaining connections. Oh, well, maybe it would be great to join a book club. Because I actually really like reading. Hmm. Or... Maybe I could, you know, be journaling more. And then I could just go and look on, look up Google, like, um, journaling prompts. And, oh, and you can actually kind of doodle with that. And I can cut out pictures from magazines of things that I like and put it in there. Oh, that's cool. And then it's just kind of like a, a domino effect. It's, it's not having to go from zero to 100. It's like dipping your toe in the water and then giving yourself permission. Mm. I love that. And I remember when you gave one of my communities that incredible I am workshop mm. where we were just drawing lines. And the biggest thing that came out for me was to move out of your own way, to get out of your own mind, to just to get out of the head. Because if you think about it, that's the only thing limiting you to thinking that you're not creative. And then when we were just able to explore and you just gave us some, you basically held the space for us to give ourselves permission to just be, do, create in whatever way we wanted to. It was, it was beautiful. And I would love for more people to have those kinds of experiences. Thank you. Thank you. I really appreciate that. It's kind of like trying to find that balance between creating the structure to say, okay, this is like when we kind of did a minute of one line a minute mm -hmm. of two lines and then I showed the different kinds of lines that there were not just you know straight not just straight lines but there's wavy lines and zigzag zigzags and spirals and broken lines so kind of expanding the vocabulary on that and then another minute to expand the lines and then whatever and then bring in the positive um, adjectives and then putting it together so it could be something that was just for you so when you're brushing your teeth you could look at it and be like I am healthy. <laughs> I am courageous. I am. doesn't have to be for the world to see. If you want it to be, that's great. But it could just be, again, for your joy. You mentioned before about these kits that you have that people are able to do to just kind of express, find joy. So I'd love for you to share a little bit more about these, these kits that you make. Thank you. I love making these kits. They're just so much fun. I think that they're fun and yeah, so I call them experiential kits. Um, at this point, a lot of them are art kits, but I'm kind of expanding and collaborating with other people. Um, but the idea is, is that everything is in these kits, like down to the tablecloth. And some things could be like, um, I'm putting together for an organization right now where 
they're decorating candle holders and um, there uh, there's a way of doing it with paint and then regular with acrylic paint and then like a 3d um, uh, outliner um, we are doing um, scratch art scratch art um, mm -hmm. for books making their own journals and then making their own covers with scratch art cool um, yeah what else are we doing what about Valentine's Day anything for that yeah, we actually have a box, yeah, <laughs> um, called Eat, Drink, Connect. And my husband and I put together a box of snacks and making your own snacks. Yeah, so all the ingredients are in there. There's a direction booklet, and it's all meant for you to be able to eat and connect with each other, connect with your loved one. And then also, when, if other people were to purchase, um, you can cook together and be a Zoom now and, like, have... The whole point is connection. So, yeah. So, yeah. What else? I have a scribble kit um, where it has all these different kinds of papers that you wouldn't get on your own. A black, nice, thick quality paper, a white, thick quality paper, Sharpies, gel pens, um, other colored pencils, and uh, with directions of how many, all the different kinds of lines that there are and give people space to be able to experiment and play. Um, a beautiful oops kit, I love that one too. I don't know if you've ever heard of the book, Beautiful Oops. And it's no. I'll say. Beautiful Oops is a really great kids book, but it's for everybody. It literally shows, if you make a mistake, how to turn it into something else. Mm -hmm. So I put together a kit where it has the book, but then it also has all these different materials to play um, it has like a vellum, um, which is like a clear, transparent paper, Sharpies, papers, glue sticks, like all this stuff where they can just play. Again, read the book and see how to be okay and not necessarily have a preconceived idea and just kind of go with the flow. I love it. These are so fun. And I can, I can tell that you have so much fun, like thinking about them and creating them. <laughs> like, Ooh, all of a sudden it's like those downloads where you're like, Ooh, that kid, Ooh, that kid. Mm. I'm going to be collaborating with someone with, yeah, where she does food and then another person who does food and then I'm going to do an art component. So. Mm. I love it. <laughs> I, I love it. I love hearing people's creative ideas also. So that just like jazzes me up. Um, and I'm curious for you, I, I like to ask this question, who or what has been one of the most inspiring teachers or things that has come into your life? Hmm. Besides saying the, the traditional answer of my family, I would say, I'd say my students, really. My students have always been inspiration. Hmm. Always. And... Sometimes on certain days, they just say certain things or would do certain things where it would just push me to be a better teacher and more of a learner. So I would say that I just have always been so grateful just to be able to, to be a constant learner. Yeah. I love that. I'm thinking back to all of my art teachers and I used to always get so excited to go to art class. I was like, yes, I get to play. <laughs> <laughs> right. Some people took that too much as playing, like throwing crayons. <laughs> that wasn't me. That wasn't fun. <laughs> so, Hollis, how can people um, enter your world? How can they get to know you a little bit more? What links, anything coming up that you want to share? So, my website is IamCreativePhilly.net. So, it's IamCreativePhilly, P-H-I-L-L-Y.net. Um, and through that, 
accesses my uh, email and all that. Uh, I have a podcast called Creative Conversations with Hollis Citron, and you can hear Bridget's interview uh, and many others. And yeah, so that's where you can find me. And I'm well, just so grateful to you, Bridget. Thank you for all you do, and thank you for all this the light that you put out into the world with your with your heart. You lead with your heart, and I'm just so grateful to admit you. Oh, thank you. That means a lot. I'm so grateful to have met you. It's just been so, this past year, I feel like for myself was just so expansive and just meeting awesome people, like truly awesome people. Yeah. 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 I feel it too. It's been a lot of growth. Yeah. 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 So thank you so much for coming today. Thank you for talking about what creativity really is. And I know that anyone who's listened to this interview will be so inspired to realize it's more than just a paintbrush. Right? What is the saying? Say it again. Found a pencil and a paintbrush. <laughs> yes. So thank you, everybody, for listening. I truly appreciate you. Amazing. I love that saying. I'm just going to keep like talking about it. Hollis is saying. It's so amazing. <laughs> I don't even know. I think that was from a meditation, too. All the, all the best things happen when you're connected. Yeah. Mm. So thank you so much for being here. And just thank you for, for sharing your light and your wisdom and for being a great listener. I really like that you brought that in to the space today as a reminder for everyone. Thank you. I think, yeah, be a listener for yourself and to other people. Yeah. Thank you so much. And thank you to everyone who's just been supporting this journey. It's been such a journey. It's probably been six or seven months we've been doing. No, less than that. I don't know how long, but it's just been such a beautiful journey to share incredible conversations, incredible stories, ones that are uplifting us instead of dividing us. So thank you guys for being here. And thank you, Hollis. You're welcome. Bye, everybody.